So today we have Charlie with us. It is such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Charlie. I don't know, I'm am I pronouncing it right? Char Charlie? You're Charlie. pronouncing it right. It's Charlie. Okay. I'm very excited to be here and talk with you. Yes. Wonderful. Um, so let's start with that. Can you please introduce yourself and your uh, wonderful family? Yes. So I am Charlie. I have a partner um, and my partner's name is Justin and we have one son. His name is Vaughn. He's two years old and uh, I'm an older mom. So I had him at 41 and I am now by math, everyone. I'm 43 <laughs> um, and my husband is 46. So we are probably one and done unless some type of miraculous something happens. But um, but I think by choice, actually, we're we're done. We've created our family. Sounds good. Sounds great. Uh, I love it. Um, and so, you know, I'm pretty sure that Janet Jackson had her kids when she was almost 50 or something like that. So definitely things can happen. Also, this uh, <laughs> woman that had a kid at 70, uh, something crazy like that. I just remember that right now but so yes anything is possible thank you so much for introducing um your family with us um all right so uh, let's switch back a little bit to what you mentioned which is um you know being an older parent you know probably influenced or brought something different for your uh relationship with parenting so can you tell us about your experience with the decision to to become a parent? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because um, when I got married in my mid-30s, um, I just assumed that I would get pregnant. And we tried for many, many years, um, not always super actively, but definitely in a relaxed type of way. Um, and I never got pregnant. And so um, we did end up trying one um, procedure. It was called, a, um, oh, I'm totally spacing on it right now. Um, but basically, it's when they inseminate me with my husband's sperm um, and they time it. I was did hormones and that ended up being unsuccessful. And we just didn't want to proceed to in vitro. It just felt like too much. I was sort of of the mind, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. Um, so... And I'm making it sound really casual. It was actually, it was, it was, there were some very rough moments where I really wanted to have a kid and I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, and then I remember talking to my husband on the couch and I was sitting there and I just said, you know, it looks like that ship has sailed for us. Like, are you really okay that we're not going to have a kid? And my husband said, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. And then probably about two or three months later, we got pregnant. Um, yeah, just spontaneously. Um, Love and it. Being, being an older mom, I definitely was just worried. I was already um, classified as an advanced maternal age. Okay. <laughs> so I had a lot of extra monitoring that doesn't happen if you have a baby when you're like 35 and under. Um, and so, I, yeah, I had to go in for extra procedures. And at the top of my form, every time I went in, it would say pregnancy high risk, um, even though okay. everything, everything Very was chill. healthy. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and 
so I just, I think I was so excited to have a kid, especially because I thought it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty reconciled to that. I had really made peace with that. And I will even take a bigger step back and say, I was never someone who always thought I would get married and have kids. I've always had an ambivalence around having kids. It wasn't just like, oh, that's what you do in life for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure if I would be a good mom, if I would find a partner, if, you know, I think really I had a lot of fears about being a good parent. And so um, for me, it just, it was really joyous the way it's worked out. And I feel so grateful um, to get to be part of this motherhood experience um, Mm -hmm. that I really thought I wouldn't. And I come to it really late in life, but um, I also feel like I bring to it a lot of life experience. I didn't get pregnant when I was young. I've done a lot of traveling. I have a degree. I've had a lot of job experience. I've just had a lot of life experience and um, a lot of room to grow as a person. And so emotionally, I feel the most ready ever to have a kid. But physically, (laughs) I'm so exhausted by having a toddler. (laughs) I think a lot of uh, parents are in the situation, This, you know, no matter their age, uh, to be honest. I think so, too. But it's hard to know, Laurent. It's like, it's hard to know. I'm like... You say you're tired, but I don't know if your 40s is tired. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm getting there, okay? Um, <laughs> I, I think I'm just two years shy from turning 40, so... Uh, okay. You're, you're getting there slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sliding into it. Right. Um, but I, I think I mentioned to you before, too, um, another aspect of being an older parent mm-hmm. that I want to highlight is that I really came to having a kid without feeling any sense of loss. I know I've heard a lot of moms say like, oh, I feel like I lost my identity or I lost my ability to hang out with friends. And I feel like I've had so much of a chance to do that, to Mm -hmm. develop all of that, that for me, it's this really exciting new adventure of motherhood. I'm like, I've already explored lots of selfhood and me and Charlie and what I want. And and not that having a kid automatically means giving all that up, but I just felt really ready for motherhood in a way that I don't think I could have been in my early 20s, even maybe in my early 30s. Um, So I don't think there's a right time I think it's it depends on the person I would never say Mm -hmm. have kids early or wait it's really up to you and whatever you want to do in your life and whatever happens but for myself I think that this was really the ideal time for me to have a kid I love it I I really do love it I love your story about you know growing as a person uh, defining who you are going through all those experiences educations uh, you know encounters and then being at this moment, being a parent, and you're more, you know, rooted into who you are. And I, I think you're right. I think there's a, when you become a parent, you kind of lose some piece of, I guess, this is a new identity. But because you were, you worked so hard at it, then you were probably at advantage. I love it. It's true. Right. Um. Yeah. Um. So now, uh, so in your opinion, what are some of the key factors that contribute to a person's fear of uh, becoming parent? Oh, that's a good question. I think for me, I can only speak for myself. Um, 
my concerns were I had a pretty challenging childhood okay. in a lot of ways. And I think that I just really, really, I saw a lot of people, my parents were part of a community, an intentional community. Um, and I saw a lot of people raising kids um, in ways that were just really neglectful, really unkind, really unsupportive. Um, and I just feared that I, that that's what I knew and that's what was in me. Um, and I just, yeah, I had a lot of misgivings about, and just part of my own self-esteem, I think, just really worrying, you know, oh, you know, am I going to be able to be um, able to put my needs aside when it's necessary to be a mom and the most hilarious part is that <laughs> I think I'm actually a fantastic mom and I probably could have had a couple kids <laughs> I was so worried <laughs> um, but yeah I think I, you know I had so much fear getting in the way um, but I, I think I probably could have been a pretty good mom of one or three you know it's it's one for me but um but I really enjoy it. I have a lot of fun. It's not to say I don't get impatient. I don't have my moments, of course, being a mom. But um, I really do get a lot of joy being right. around a little person, being around little people in general. Um, I'm just going to piggyback on what you just said around, oh, I was, and I don't know the context. You said you were surrounded by pretty neglectful, you know, adults. I think this is pretty much the case of a lot of 90s kids, you know, mm -hmm. kids that were born in the 80s. You know, the uh, I don't know, my, my husband has this expression, latchkey, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things that my parents did with me, and I'm like, what? What were they thinking, you know? Let me just go in the street. So I, I can totally relate to that. I think it's very generational. We tend to be more, you know, wanting to be more present in the education, probably because of that, but uh, yeah. Right. For, for sure. Um, yeah. So how did you navigate the challenges associated with becoming an older parent? Or did you mm -hmm. have any? Well, I mean, that. yeah, I think for me, part of it, the context, too, was having a baby in the pandemic. Um, so it was <laughs> I feel like I didn't have a lot of choice. I knew I wasn't going to have a lot of support because at that time, um, it was really where we were quarantining and restricting our contact, even with family and friends. And mm -hmm. so I knew that postpartum, I wouldn't have a lot of support. I wouldn't have the normal friends and family coming to bring food and do all that and be there and help me. So I actually um, was fortunate enough to be able to get a postpartum doula. And I had her for three months and I chose to have a doula on the back end of pregnancy instead of the front end. So I didn't have a doula during my pregnancy, but I chose to have it after. So she came, I think, uh, when my son was three days old and then she would do four hours a day, um, I believe four days a week. Um, and it was a lifesaver because I didn't have anyone else. It was just my husband and I, we were really in the height of quarantine. Um, and she was, I mean, it's her job. She was trained to be incredibly supportive emotionally and physically helping me 
give Vaughn his first bath, helping with diapers, helping me, you know, be worried about or not be worried about like, you know, is this normal? Is that normal? And um, so that was really incredible. And I made that decision because I was in quarantine and the pandemic and also because I wasn't sure if I would have any postpartum blues or even depression. And so I wanted to, I do struggle with anxiety and depression. And so I wanted to just be really responsible. Um, and so I set that up as a way to kind of really have somebody be able to monitor if I was sort of going off the rails because um, in quarantine, no one else would really see it except my husband. So mm -hmm. um, I set that up as kind of a safeguard um, for myself and a source of support. And it was incredible. I will name her just to give her a little shout out, but Meg Sweetman, um, just really amazing and gave me so much in that, in those, in really that first, mm, the first four months of Vaughn's life, which I think was the part that I would, was really struggling with the most. All right. So. Well, big up Meg. Thank you. So yeah. um, you mentioned something about the experiencing uh, anxiety and, and some depression as well. Did you experience that before uh, being becoming a mom? So you, you were prepared? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, ex I have chronic anxiety and depression and I have for most of my life since a teenager. And so um, I didn't, ex I haven't experienced anything more or less post-pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So I know for some women, it can actually trigger anxiety postpartum if they didn't have it before. But for me, it's just like, it's just the same. <laughs> Well, that's one of the perks. For me, right. it, yeah. I discovered, oh, what, what is this? What, uh, so uh, it actually triggered that. Um, and, uh, and I had a conversation about that uh, with Colleen that said that uh, her therapist said that there are flares. So I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward to the next one. I, <laughs> oh, awesome. So, uh, well, uh, I'm so glad you were able to get through you know, your postpartum experience that it was fulfilling to you and that you didn't experience more pain and, and, and fear. So let me ask you this now. Um, how can, and, and that's probably more for people that are listening and that are older parents just like you. So how can partner and loved ones support someone who is, you know, experiencing fear about becoming an older parent? Wow, that's, yeah, I think, um, hmm, how could a partner, or I mean, I think it really depends how honest the mom or mother-to-be is about how mm -hmm. she's feeling, and if she does share concerns or fears um, around age, um, just being supportive and saying, you know, I'll think, I think you'll make an incredible mom, just like we've talked about, you know, you have tons of life experience, you have lots of resources in place. I mean, hopefully, you know, by the time we're in our forties, most of us are at least a little financially more stable than we were in our twenties. So, <laughs> so we have that going for us, maybe even just a little bit. Um, and, um, and really just, you know, let them know that, Right now, in sort of the modern industrial world, um, the age of having a baby has really increased. 
And I would say that most of the moms I know are in their 30s to late 30s, and that's really not unusual. Um, and so it's, it is okay. We have the technology. We have the ability. Our bodies can do it. Um, and so um, really it's just, you know, preparing yourself and making sure that you feel ready um, in your body and your heart to have a little person in your life. Um, you know, I, that's that's what I would say. But I don't think that age should be a factor unless you have extenuating health circumstances. And then that's something to talk to your GP about. For sure. Um, so your pregnancy was iris, label iris. Mine mm -hmm. was labeled geriatric. And I'm like, <laughs> what is this word? geriatric so like a whole person oh thank you so much for reminding me of this this is so brutal i i want to send a letter to whoever decided to use you know geriatric pregnancy this is horrible for a new mom i think personally but what about you laurence that's hilarious so i don't know where you were going to your hospital because they've changed it from geriatric now to advanced maternal age because <laughs> this is so much better right because this, yeah wow. there was so much push pushback people were like i'm not geriatric at 35 give me a break this is, this is terrible right? yeah no uh i yeah that was in denver and i was with my firstborn and i was 35 so uh, four years ago so maybe it changed that good that's that's so much better or just call it a pregnancy and keep your little lingo for yourself you know right, dr lingo exactly lingos. this is on your chart Right. Talk to it among yourself, not with your patient. Ah. Uh, all right. So now that we've talked about, you know, how we can support, do you have any strategies, any resources that you would recommend to someone uh, who is struggling with, you know, the decision of whether it's a good idea to become, a, you know, a parent at all? I think that really, you know, I don't have an easy solution for that. I think it really comes down to being really honest with yourself and looking at what are your fears? Are they founded or are they just fears? And if they seem like genuine fears, maybe you do need to get therapy or maybe you do need to get a better job or find better support and resources for yourself. But I think a lot of it has to do with honesty with oneself um, and really assessing, you know, what do, and for some people too, do I really want to have a child? I think there's so much pressure on women that we're just assumed that that's what your end goal is or that's what fulfillment is. And I know plenty of women who have not had kids and are living incredibly fulfilled lives. So I think too, it's really being honest with yourself and and asking you know is my ambivalence because maybe i don't really want to choose that or is my ambivalence because i'm scared of the possibilities and mm -hmm. so again it goes back to self-exploration um and you know the help of really close friends who love you and support you to help you through that or a therapist um or talking to your uh obgyn my obgyn was amazing um, she was obviously, you know, there to be my doctor physically, but she was also incredibly emotionally supportive. Um, so I think there's a lot there. But again, it's going to go back to um, just knowing yourself and, mm -hmm. and finding out what do you want in life. And um, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but that's funny that you're talking about it. So was it important for you to feel close emotionally to your uh, primary doctor who followed your pregnancy? Yeah, I think it really helped, especially again, you know, I had this unusual that the pandemic was the background of all this. And so um, I wasn't able to have my husband in many of the um, consultations or appointments. So it was really nice to have such a supportive person. Um, and then just by a stroke of good luck, she ended up, it ended up being her rotation when I went into labor. So she nice. helped deliver the baby. Yeah, it was, you know, just random luck. But that was wonderful for her to get to bring my little guy into the world. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think, I think it's helpful, but I think at the end of the day, if your OBGYN seems really competent and um, caring and they're, you know, getting you through all the steps and listening to your questions and answering you, I think that's, that's the most important. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, is there any insight or lessons that you learned from this, you know, your own journey as a parent and how did you manage uh, through it? I mean, obviously it's a, you know, ongoing process, but right now, is there anything you think is standing out for you when you talk about your journey as a parent? Hmm. Let me just take a minute. Um, I think that what stands out for me, Laurence, is I, you know, I tend to be such an overthinker. And so, as I mentioned, I had some ambivalence, some fear about being a mom. And what I didn't plan on was how much fun it is. <laughs> I have just had such an infusion of joy in my life. Um, and I think with all of my calculating, you know, am I ready physically? Are we ready emotionally and financially? And all those questions I never thought about you know, is this going to be really <laughs> fun? And I've just, yeah, I've had so much joy um, these past two years with Vaughn. And I just, I, that was totally new to even think about that. I just thought, you know, having a kid was going to be very rewarding, but lots of hard work. And I just didn't think there would be so much fun involved. So that's been a really wonderful surprise for me. At least oh, yeah. so far, he is going to be going into his terrible threes here. So we'll see if all that changes. But thus far, it's been very fun. I I, I agree with you. I, I think kids are so fun and they help us reconnect with that part of us, you know, because as adults, you know, we have to deal with the good and the bad. And the bad is, you know, stress, thinking about career, thinking about money, thinking about all those things. But Kids, they live completely in the present. Nothing else exists. They're just having fun. They're just enjoying. And I think it's refreshing, you know. Exactly. It's exactly right, Laurence. Um, so now I'm very curious because you mentioned something earlier about, you know, how you grew up, what you were surrounded with. And the question I have is how have societal, 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 sorry, uh, cultural societal. norms, societal, that's, yeah, societal and cultural norms about parenting that impacted your experience as a parent? Yeah, I think, I think that I definitely, um, 
some of the larger societal norms for me, um, you know, in our culture are very good around um, making sure your child is getting a, an education, um, you know, access to great health care. But some of the societal norms in our culture that I wasn't so keen on um, was our overconsumption, our focus on things and buying and objects instead of just experiences and connection. And so I've tried to make a really conscious choice as much as I can um, to try to just be more of a minimal consumer and show that to my son. We buy a lot of used things. I also try to just not over inundate him with toys to just allow what we have to be enough. Um, we do a lot of books, a lot of reading, going to the library. Um, and I really have asked friends and family with more and less success um, to focus on experience gifts instead of just, you know, toys or items or clothes. I really, you know, said, you know, oh, can you offer to, you know, get him an ice cream or can you take him to the park or, you know, those are gifts that feel more important to me. Um, so I think those are some of the norms that I definitely find myself sometimes feeling like a weird mom <laughs> uh, compared to other people. But um, it just feels really important to me. I think we um, are, you know, living on a planet with limited resources, and it's really something that I can contribute to um, in in a more helpful way by being more minimal with the way I'm raising my child. Um, so that feels really important. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I think there were aspects of my child that childhood that were incredibly unhealthy, and so. Um, just really um, doing a lot of research. I do a lot of reading on parenting and positive discipline and what to expect at, you know, in these particular developmental phases. And that's really, really helpful. And just noticing what other moms do. And I have an incredible daycare provider. My son goes to daycare part-time. Um, and just looking at how she works with the kids around um, when conflict arises. And um, so I feel like um, while I wasn't always shown the best modeling there, um, it's something that I can learn and pick up on. And I find that a lot of it is really innate. I find that I, I'm actually a very nurturing person and that in general that comes pretty naturally to me. So uh, so I think those are the two um, sort of the norms I grew up with and then some of the norms in the larger society around me that that I deal with and try to um, find my own path with. Love it. Um, and actually this week I was listening to a podcast. Oh, what a surprise. And um, you know, the question was, what do you think the number one skill uh, we should learn, right? What is the number one? What, is, what should take a priority about anything else? And the response was emotional regulation. That's how you can live a more successful, more, um, you know, a meaningful uh, life. So I, I get it. Um, what message? So now it's really about... Okay, no, more like, how do you believe that conversations about, you know, having fear of becoming parents could be, you know, perhaps, um, you know, better supported or normalized in uh, society? Oh, that's a good question. I think on a personal level, 
when we are honest around our friends and family, we provide that example and we show other people that it's possible. So we can inspire by example. I know that when somebody is just incredibly authentic with me, I feel like I want to also reach that bar. I want, I feel like, oh yeah, they're being really authentic and real. Okay, so can I. So I think we can inspire by personal example. And I think just having discussions like this um, with other, I think especially in the community of other moms or people who identify as moms in motherhood, um, I think having these discussions about not just the rosy, happy parts of parenting, mm -hmm. but all of it and acknowledging that there's real challenges and helping people be able to relate. You know, when you when you when I talk about anxiety, that might help another mom go, oh, wow. Oh, she has anxiety, too. Oh, it's OK or it's normal. And so I think a lot of that can happen in this forum of podcasts or um even just in play dates when moms talk and, you know, mm -hmm. talk beyond just the, you know, what the weather is about, but really get into it. And I think that we have a history of having evolved as women of generally doing shared child rearing. And mm -hmm. so we're socially conditioned, I think, um, to be connecting with other women and lots of kids. And that's a way that we do learn. And that's a way we do find a lot of support. And so ways that we can work that into our lives, enriching ourselves, not just finding support from our partners um, or even therapists, but from other moms who are right in it, experiencing it. I think that that is um, really sometimes an underestimated part of the support system we have in motherhood is other moms mm -hmm. <laughs> going through it. For sure. Although it's not always easy, you know, to go on a play date and, all right, so I'm going to talk about my postpartum depression. Let's do this. You know, it's always challenging because, well, usually you go to a play date because you want to have fun. So I think that's a good, uh, uh, you know, uh, thinking about how can I approach that? Maybe it should be more intimate. I don't know. But uh, it's definitely a conversation that should be happening and brings people together for sure. Now, I have another question for you. Okay, think about when you, before you were a parent, and now that you're a parent, how did your personal goals change? It can be career, it can be personal. What did you want to be before? And what are you, what do you want to go now? Okay, first of all, I didn't know what I wanted to be before, and I still don't know. <laughs> all, right. Okay. all right. But, uh, I mean, I think, I think so much has changed for me in terms of um, I'm much happier to just be in my job right now and appreciate the flexibility it gives me to be with my son and be working part time. Whereas before, I think I felt like, oh, gosh, what am I doing with my life? Where's my career going? Should I be jumping to another job? Um, and now I'm thinking about it more in terms of does this facilitate me being a good mom <laughs> or not. So I think a lot gets put through that lens. I will definitely say that I was very judgmental of other people's parenting before becoming a parent. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh God, I totally get it. What do you mean? I remember, I remember getting so annoyed by like kids being loud in restaurants and stuff uh, yes. and just being like, oh yep. my gosh, people need to get their kids under control. Right. And now oh, I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, I totally understand. 
I feel, I definitely feel humbled by how judgmental I was. Um, So I think in that regard, and I just feel like with parents in general, even if I don't know them, I just feel like I have a tiny bit of a something in common with them. Like I know that they, I know that there's, that they're experiencing certain things that I'm experiencing too. Um, And that's kind of, that's kind of a really fun outlook. I feel like it's just like a, a little mini bond with other parents. Um, Absolutely. You're right. You know, um, and then in terms of, um, in terms of my goals, I feel like, so my son is two, as I've mentioned, and I feel like I'm just starting to get back to, um, now I feel like, okay, he's physically safe. We got, (laughs) we're through the infant stage. Um, and now I do have a chance to kind of reflect a little bit on, okay, where do I want my life to go? Um, you know, what are my larger goals? So I'm actually sort of right in that right now, Laurence, to be honest, thinking about that. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's really funny because what you described, uh, ah, what should I be doing next? And where should I go? Should I stay in the same job or is it something more? That was also my experience. And then became mom, like, oh, no, no, I'm fine. You know, it's whatever. I'm I'm happy, you know, uh, so that's what matters. Uh, and the flexibility that you describe is totally dead. And yes, the used to be judgmental 100%. I remember <laughs> being in Paris taking public transportations, right? Because you never drive. I mean, what's the point? And being so annoyed with, you know, screaming toddlers in buses or mostly buses because subway is not very practical and now i i almost want to make eye contact with you know the parents of screaming toddlers like i get it and <laughs> I, I, I even sometimes i'm relaxed because that's not my kids that are yelling okay this is so totally shift of perspective here um so yeah uh the, i i think i love it redefining yourself you know de- defining who you are i think uh, is something that is ongoing all the time but that's good to know that's good to know. Be happy with the uncertainty. Um, so now, what message would you like to share with other people, other women, other parents that may be struggling with, you know, the decision of whether, you know, to have children in life? And what signs, if there's any, should they be looking for? Wow. Um <laughs> Um, again, I just go back to, you know, um, take a look at your life and, and be honest. Are you ready to have a big change? You know, and if you feel ready for a big change, you don't know how it's going to go. Um, you know, it's, there's definitely, as you said, uncertainty, embrace the uncertainty, but if you feel ready in your life to, to be able to make a huge change, then I think the timing is right. And sometimes it it doesn't always happen that gracefully. You just, you, you know, you realize you're pregnant or whatever situation happens and you have to be a mom at that moment and you don't have a lot of emotional preparation and that's okay too. Um, I think that also there's a lot of... Um, pressure in our culture to be the perfect mom and I think that comes through social media that comes through um, just news outlets there's a lot of shaming of moms bad parenting and I think that um, just 
it's okay to um, to do imperfect parenting. Everyone's an imperfect parent and you're not gonna ever be a perfect parent. It's never gonna look as beautiful as those Instagram posts. It's never gonna be as amazing as people, you know, making it out. So, um, you know, just embrace the messiness of being a parent. It's okay to make mistakes. Your child can go to therapy later. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, they will, 100%. Um, but, but yeah, exactly. Um, we all did. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, you know, if you're, if you're feeling it in your heart, go for it. It's been um, an incredible, incredible journey for me. I feel like, like in game terminology, it's like another level opened up for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also just say that, um, you know, I was very happy before I had a kid and knowing what I know now, I'm so grateful that my life has changed that way, but I was very happy. And so if I hadn't had a kid, that would have been an alternate life. And I think that would have been incredibly satisfying too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, no shame on whatever course your life takes. Um, there's so many ways to um, find fulfillment or be of service or find value and meaning in your life. Um whether you have kids or not. Um, but I will say I do highly recommend it for myself. It's been so much fun. Love it. So now we're going to close up, close down, close up. I never know the right expression with uh, a little game. You're going to choose three things can be food. It can be an object. It can be a place from your childhood that you miss the most or you miss or something like that. Okay. Things that I, things that I miss. Um, I miss, we'll do, (laughs) okay. We'll do two food and a place. So, um, I really miss the taste of sloppy Joe's. That was a childhood favorite. I've had them now and they don't taste as good. (laughs) Why is that? Who, who used to make their sloppy Joe's? My dad used to make them. And it was my favorite. It was just this like really messy food. It tasted really good. And it was all wrapped up in in love from my dad. Um, and let's see, um, another nostalgic food. I used to love the um, circus animal cookies. They came in a little box with circus animals on them. And they were just the most exciting things ever. And I loved those as a kid. And I know I could have them now, but it's just not the same. Um, And as far as places that I miss, um, I miss getting to go to my grandpa and grandma's house. I really, I really loved that. It was a couple hours away and we'd pile into the station wagon and we'd drive and Um, have a lot of fun there and then we drive home and my this is totally illegal now but my parents used to put the seat down and we'd we, and put us sleeping bags and we'd just lie there oh wow no yeah belts, nothing um, but I remember just you know driving in the car we'd kind of fall asleep and I could look out the window and see the stars and that would um, be fun though right it was really fun yeah. again you know this was this was the 80s and on that, right yeah <laughs> the same uh the same I, i know i live the same in a different continent but the same parenting style for sure all right well thank you so much charlie for joining us today that was such an inspirational such a lovely 
story that you share with us? Uh, is there anything you would like to add? That maybe a word of wisdom for the people? Gosh, I don't know. Just, you know, go easy on yourself and, and have fun with it and forgive yourself for mistakes. Love and it. Thank you, Laurence. This was really a pleasure and so much fun. My pleasure. Thank you.